0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. The responsibility of parenting can feel vast. We want to raise resilient, healthy kids, but we are also raising children who will one day shape and lead the country. For some time now, people have been grappling with the Black Lives Matter topic. We've been asked to listen and to start taking responsibility on how Indigenous people are treated in Australia. It's been a problem for as long as Australia has been colonised, but it's all coming to a head now. And we parents... We're the ones that are needing to teach our children about the true history of Australia. So how do we do it? And how can we support our own children to create a better way forward? Jasmine Seymour is a Darug woman, primary school teacher and author of Picture Books, Baby Business, and Kui mitiga an illustrator of a book called Family. Hi, Jasmine. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm, I'm well. Thank you for having me.
0: I've got to say, last time we spoke, you were just a writer not just a writer but you were a writer, not an illustrator and now you've branched out into that. Congratulations. What was that like?
1: Thank you. Uh, It's been amazing because it's sort of my first foray into it so um, very exciting and I totally love it. I love illustrating books so, um, yes, it's it's actually coming first in my favourite things to do at the moment, to draw, so... (laughs)
0: very cool. That's very cool. Now, what I was saying there in the introduction about the Black Lives Matter movement that kicked off in the US with the protests and then moved in Australia and around the world, there was a reaction from people and there were protests in Sydney. Um, How does that feel for you? You're, You're a woman who I would say as an older woman like myself, when I say older, I mean you're not a teenager, you're not a child, you've been living with these kinds of issues your whole life. What does it feel like for you to be in this moment of history where people seem to be, how would I say, rediscovering History, but it's a history you've always known.
1: Yeah, well, you know, for me as a a fair-skinned Indigenous woman, I don't cop the brunt of the force of of this sort of conversation or experience, and yet my family members, my friends, many colleagues, they, they deal with this every day. They live this every single day, and it is always current for us, It never goes away. It is always here. And, um, you know, in this moment in time, I I feel extremely hopeful that people are listening or or going to listen more. And, you know, the kids are actually amazing, you know. So they get it. They get it. Sometimes it's parents and adults who don't get it, sadly. But I have to say, you know, there's sort of those arguments like um, old people don't get it because they weren't taught that in, in, in school and we just didn't know. And there is a lot of that because I think um, a lot of education has been quite good with people who are younger than me. You know, a lot of people grow up knowing this now and, and you talk to people about it and they just, yeah, they accept it. They completely know it. And yet there's still lots of people in the community who it's actually, it's news. They didn't know this they had no idea. They don't know that it hurts people. They don't understand that it affects so many lives. And they don't understand the history of dispossession and poverty that so many Aboriginal people face, continue to face. And this is what causes so much problems for our community. It's timely to be speaking about this.
0: When it comes to, I mean, you're a primary school teacher. You're Mm -hmm. Your job is um, to teach children and show them, as you mentioned, children today are learning much more in their schools about Indigenous history. So much a part of where we are today does come from, as you mentioned, the dispossession, but also some really dark stuff that has happened to Indigenous people in the past. And um, I'm not just talking about the White Australia policy i'm talking about colonization and what happened in that process how do you tell children that part of the story because you know we can't ignore it but yeah. it is the stuff of nightmares isn't it
1: it is you know the stolen generation story when you're telling kids that you know kids were taken from their parents is absolutely horrific yet it is truth and truth is the most important thing you know I. You know, that there's that great feminist sort of philosophy that you tell the truth. You just tell the truth. You don't need to say anything else because it's the truth. You don't need to make up stories or hide it or put it in a way that's going to be more palatable for people. You just tell the truth. And that is so important for us. To, for Indigenous Australia, for our voice to be heard, our truth to be heard, because so often you don't want to hear it. You want to you want to colour it and make it a little bit softer. You can't soften this stuff. And while it is scary and um, confronting and incredibly intimidating for people to go there, you know, the truth sets you free as well. You know, this is uh, reconciliation and... We often think sometimes, you know, Aboriginal people are reconciled with what has happened to them because we have no other choice and, you know, we need everybody else to reconcile with the past.
0: And how do you find children respond to that?
1: Well, they do it in the most resilient way, you know, like kids do. You tell them. And, you know, and, of course, you're not telling kindergarten kids the, the horror of it, but you're, you're saying that this thing happened and t- you teach them to how to say sorry. So many people don't know how to say sorry because they attach it to blame. And so we, we say to kids, you know, we're not, this isn't about blaming anyone. You didn't do this to people. You did not do this to people. But what we, what we say is we say, but we say sorry because we are sorry you are hurt we are sorry you feel sad, we are sorry that that happened to you and we want to know and learn how to never have that happen again. Sometimes it's a bit, of, it's like a lesson in learning how to be compassionate.
0: Something that's very relevant in Australian culture anyway is that the majority of white Australians don't know any Indigenous people. How do we cross a bridge when we don't have interaction with each other?
1: Well, we probably do, and yet we just don't actually know the people around us. And so for people where I live in the Hawkesbury, there's so many Aboriginal families and they often look like me. You know, we're a great spectrum of colour, the Indigenous population in Australia, and if you get to know somebody, (laughs) you might find out that they're actually Indigenous or have an Aboriginal person in their past, because this is the reality of living in Australia. It is that we, you know, it's harsh to say, but Australia was built on the backs of Aboriginal people. We are everywhere, we are still here and we've got to be allowed to have all our stories heard. I often think that Australia has a view of Aboriginality that just comes from the central desert. We don't even mean to do it. It's just that we don't know any better. And yet the Sydney Basin area has some of the richest art in Australia. You know, there's culture everywhere if you go and look for it. And sometimes we just want to hear one story, or we're just being told one story, and we don't go any further than that. But for Indigenous Australia, there are many stories, many different experiences. And and, and it's for you guys to go discover. It's fabulous. And I always think, you know, our elders are so generous in our welcomes, you know, we're saying, look after this beautiful land. You're welcome here. It's so generous in the face of everything that has happened. And we need everyone else to be just as generous to us.
0: So I have great faith in children that and I mm-hmm. see as you see as well that they're very resilient and that mm-hmm. They're learning Indigenous history very differently to how I learned it as a child. And I can see there's a lot of curiosity and fascination in them about mm. Indigenous culture. How can we, parents who may not be, not have grown up with that kind of education, how can we help support our children to both continue what they're learning now and to do better than we have done?
1: We definitely need more picture books and books written by Indigenous Australia, more TV, more radio, everything, you know. We just don't have, have that sort of um, exposure in the local community, yet there are so many of us, you know, and we've really got to get away from the idea that it's just one type of Aboriginal person, I think, you know, and that we're very, very diverse people because Aboriginal people can be anything just like anyone else, you know. Uh, they can be middle class, they, can't, they can be, you know, lower class. It's a whole a whole range of things Aboriginal people can be. And the way that we can support Aboriginal people is just by being a great ally, you know, speaking up when you see injustice and saying, no, I'm not actually going to let my friend say something really horrible or, or my, my granddad, or, or you said, give a different point of view, you know, because sometimes people don't even think of it. They just don't even challenge the, those ideas. I find a lot of people are still very hurt about the, the idea that you're living on stolen ground, and yet this is a reality, this is a truth, it's a fact, this is what happened. And to say it, to feel hurt that we're saying that is really disappointing you know and we're going to continue saying that until you know we we sort of get some closure and saying well yeah we did do that to you how can we make it better
0: talk to me about your picture books because you've done a few different topics in them and i often find that picture books for children can educate the adults as much as the kids i mean what are you thinking when you put them together
1: I agree. I, I often feel that picture books in particular for Indigenous people are always set in the past and we don't actually get to see Aboriginal families just being completely normal, doing normal things let like families do in an Aboriginal way. And so um, I really feel very strongly about that, that our kids get to see themselves just like everyone else because we're not extinct. We didn't leave. We're very much here. We're very much part of the community. And so um, this new book that I did, Family, you know, I just I wanted um, people to see kids and families being families in a contemporary way, doing Aboriginal things. And I want us all to be just really proud of this culture because this is our culture. This is the culture of Australia. We've got to stop thinking that it's separate. Because it's it's very much all of us. We all get to share this beautiful country, these colours, the sky. And, you know, by honouring Indigenous voices and experiences, we get to understand the place that we live. And it's amazing, an amazing place. We're so lucky to be here and to share it with multicultural Australia. This is a wonderful place, you know. And so it's that generosity of... Of spirit that I think is so wonderful about Indigenous voices as well, even though we might sound a bit angry at the moment, but you've got to let us be angry as well because that's part of it.
0: Mm. What if people are afraid of that anger? Like they want to reach out, they want to connect, but um, also they probably, I mean, speaking for myself, I I do feel guilty. I know that, yes, Mm. it wasn't me that dispossessed Mm. the land or invented the white Australia policy but I wouldn't Mm. be where I am today if those hadn't happened I'm also a urban white woman who doesn't um, have any uh, as far as I know until I ask indigenous friends so (laughs) what do you say to people like me who in a way we live on an island when it comes Mm. to these issues but want to do the right thing want to be compassionate want to move forward
1: well, don't be scared of anger, you know, because what we're really asking you to do is listen. You know, and you don't have to say anything. That's that's sometimes part of it too. You don't have to to jump up and say, I'm gonna wear the shoulder of the blame. It is sometimes just about listening, you know, because so often our voices are not heard. And so if in and I sometimes feel like I, I say to people, sometimes you're just gonna have to wear it. You're gonna have to stand there and cop the force of it and just experience it and why not you know it isn't about blame it's really just about being heard too so then the next time you get to sit in a meeting where you're making decisions about things that affect community you might think I'm going to do this a little bit different because I know better now
0: Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for speaking with us today. And I'll put links in the notes of this episode so people can find your beautiful picture books.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for listening.
0: (laughs) Yes, thank you. My pleasure. That's Jasmine Seymour. She's a Darug woman, primary school teacher, and author. And as I mentioned, I'll put links to Jasmine's books in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast